0: Our speaker today, the first speaker, uh, is Dr. Johnny Woodson. He is originally from Detroit, Michigan, where he attended the University of Michigan and obtained his medical degree from Wayne State University. He did his dermatology residency in California at King Drew. He is Assistant Clinical Professor of Dermatology for the University of Nevada School of Medicine and has given hundreds of talks, conducted dozens of clinical trials, and practiced medical dermatology in Las Vegas, Nevada for the past 16 years where I have had the honor and privilege to be his colleague for the last 10. Please offer a warm SDPA welcome to my mentor, colleague, supervising physician, and friend, Dr. Johnny Woodson. Well, good morning, and um, first I'd like to say that I'm very honored to be among my colleagues and dear friends, a uh, number of friends in the audience that I've known over many, many years. and um, very, very dear friend and colleague, John Nodobartolo, who's been with me uh, or been with us uh, together off and on. Uh, and I say off and on because I remember <clears throat> saying to John a number of years ago when he was debating about staying within the military and, and he was uh, at Nellis a few miles from our offices. And uh, I said, you know, John, stay a couple more years, you know, and. Next thing I know, he was uh, being transferred off with two of his colleagues, one to uh, Korea, another one, uh, 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 I can't remember exactly where, and John was transferred off, and I felt very guilty, but John uh, uh, is a wonderful, wonderful uh, colleague to have. I'd like to thank uh, your board for inviting me and your president, um, uh, Abby, and uh, thank you very, very much. And I hope today that I can give some very interesting information that we all see in our offices, clinics, hospitals, but really wonder exactly what it is that we're seeing, forming differential diagnoses, and exactly how to treat these conditions. And and one of my colleagues and and professors who's since passed away, Bernie Ackerman, I don't know if people uh, remember, Bernie was an excellent, dermatopathologist but he stood up in front of us about 20 some years ago and said it's our duty in in the field of dermatology to try to recognize the conditions that we see on all skin types and um, obviously in a number of cities a number of areas uh, type uh, 4 through 6 skin uh, is uh, the predominant skin type, and I uh, wanted to show a number of different conditions which we see on those different types. And the title basically is "Conditions Found in Skin of Color." And the one thing I, I was uh, informed that uh, there were so many of our uh, slides and uh, clinical presentation that uh, it was hard to um, uh, transmit or email. So if anybody would like uh, a copy of all of these photographs that I'm getting ready to show. Um, please uh, contact me at uh, FirstHealthCare at AOL.com or that is my personal cell number, which uh, I will send anything uh, that uh, you would like or that uh, you would like to have personally. Uh, Basically, we're going to discuss Fitzpatrick uh, skin type 4 through 6. As everybody knows, it's 1 through 6. I am a typical type 6 individual. Uh, Type 1 is usually uh, light eyes, burns within 10-15 minutes, uh, red hair, uh, Northern European descent. We'll talk about some unique uh, diseases or presentations of different conditions, uh, recognize and treat, form differential diagnoses, and know when to refer to our different colleagues. One thing uh, I I, uh, tried to do, um, especially with uh, the help of uh, my colleague John, is do something a little different. We'll show the clinical photographs uh, first, so in your mind you can try to form a differential and then we'll go into the condition. But this person uh, obviously has areas of depigmented patches, some areas of hypopigmentation. If you look close enough, you'll see what we call salt and pepper look, so some repigmentation uh, on the legs. This gentleman was very interesting in the sense that he had uh, multiple uh, depigmented patches, hypopigmented patches, and you could notice by his eyes that there were uh, other uh, systemic conditions occurring. Basically, we're gonna talk about vitiligo for a second, where one to 2% of the population uh, has vitiligo, usually occurring 50% before the age of 20, 25% before 10 years of age, There's no melanin pigmentation, and you usually see depigmented macules and patches. Um, It's theorized that there's multiple associations causing this condition. Um, Abnormal neurogenic stimulus, genetic melanocyte defects, enzymatic self-destruction, as well as melanocytic growth factor deficiency, and autoimmune mechanisms are involved. Uh, there is a familial incidence in up to around 30% of the uh, individuals. Um, a high number of individuals have thyroid disease, as well as Addison's uh, pernicious anemia, as well as diabetes. Uh, Common uh, clinical comorbidities, which you should be looking for or see, are halo-nevi, and about 3% of halo-nevi. If you see the nevus obviously changing and looking irregular, uh, there is uh, a small percentage, but significant in the sense that that nevus could be developing into a melanoma. Alopecia areata, as well as ocular abnormalities are seen. Different treatment options include PUVA, basically topical or systemic. Uh, We had a PUVA center where I trained where we uh, treated over 200 patients a day. I remember Monday and Wednesdays. Um, And corticosteroid treatment, be it topical, as well as intralesional. Uh, Narrowband UVB, which is uh, 311 nanometers. The eczema laser, 308 nanometers, as well as calcineurin inhibitors are utilized. Uh, The next patient basically has the hyperkeratotic lichenified plaques, as you notice, violaceous papules and plaques. And this is lichen planus. And the type or the clinical photograph I showed is the most common type seen in type 6 skin predominantly black, African descent. Uh, 30 to 60 year old uh, individuals usually first see it. You can't have patients younger. Females are usually more, um, uh, usually you see it more on females than males. Again, the hypertrophic type is seen predominantly on blacks. Uh, Flat-topped, violaceous papules, white lines, Wickhamstria, which you will see in at least up to 60% of individuals found on the wrist or flexor areas, uh, lumbar, eyelids, the glands, penis, also in the mouth where we predominantly uh, see and one thing we, we seem to forget or a lot of our colleagues seem to forget are giving uh, examinations, um, oral examinations, looking in the nose and the mouth uh, and looking at the nails. Medications are highly associated with setting off lichen planus such as ACE inhibitors anti-malarials, diuretics, infection. If you see someone with lichen planus and you diagnose someone with LP, you really need to start thinking about hepatitis C um, and investigating for that. Certain types of chemicals, there's a cell-mediated cytotoxic immune reaction, and it can be HLA-associated genetic susceptibility. There's different variants. Again, the hypertrophic type, follicular, vesicular, and ulcerative types of LP, um, a syndrome which we see is called the gram little syndrome where you have the follicular papules, mucous membrane involvement, uh, as well as cicatricial or scarring alopecia. The differential needs to uh, be considered uh, dif- uh, discoid lupus as well as psoriasis, um, pityriasis rosea, graft-versus-host disease which we see in a number of our uh, transplant patients, as well as Bowen's uh, lichen simplex chronicus and Kappa C sarcoma. Uh, treatment, glucocorticoid steroids, be it topical or intralesional, which uh, the average amount used is three milligrams per milliliters, intralesional injections, uh, for the very painful erosions uh, that occur in the mouth for some people. There's a cyclosporin tacrolimus solution, which can be compounded at your compounding pharmacy. Uh, cyclosporin, I found, uh, that works very, very well for the intractable, very, very pruritic uh, cases, uh, five milligrams per kilogram per day, uh, as well as acetretin, one milligram per kilogram per day, uh, as well as UV therapy for that intractable pruritus. Uh The one thing that, and I don't know how much experience most people have had with cyclosporin, I look at cyclosporin, as a medication that I truly respect. Somebody asked me, was I scared of using it? I'm not scared of using it. Uh, I I definitely respect it. I think it's a wonderful medication to put the fire out, uh, as I call it. The one difference between uh, we uh, in the field of, of all of us in the field of dermatology, um, is that we actually use higher amounts um, than actually the transplant surgeons. The difference is, uh, the transplant surgeons use it for a lot longer period of time. Uh, when I did a rotation with transplant surgery, uh, I remember 21 years ago that um, the transplant surgeons knew I was going into dermatology, and every time they saw something on the skin they'd call Johnny, and there would be all these violaceous plaques, and every time you would biopsy violaceous or erythematous plaque, it came back as squamous cell carcinoma and uh, as long as the heart was beating, the liver was fine, the kidneys were fine, the transplant surgeons were fine. Uh, other things that uh, we use periodically are mycophenolate mofetil, uh, something else called enoxaparin, which is a uh, heparin analog in low dose, uh, which has anti-proliferative properties, azathioprine, which we all know, uh, takes some time to kick in, uh, usually an average of six weeks, and also Dapsone, which I'm noticing when people place patients on Dapsone, uh, some individuals are forgetting to check first for that G6PD. Uh, I have seen a number of cases of rapid onset anemia. This uh, young uh, individual has obviously hyperpigmented papulosquamous. Um, uh, lesions primarily on the back and as you see a closer picture they're violaceous shiny and they are raised so you would consider this papules and plaques and they're scaling so the older term we use obviously is squamous. and this is pityriasis versicolor and basically you have the papillosquamous, grayish violaceous brown hyperpigmented scaling patches uh, they can be follicular or hyperpigmented papules associated with P. ovale or P. obiculari melesthesia furfer. Basically, the tyrosinase inhibited is inhibited in the melanocytes, not allowing pigmentation to occur as it should. In your differential diagnosis, you should consider seborrheic dermat- dermatitis, pityriasis rosea, and syphilis, which is certainly making a strong comeback in a number of our urban areas. Uh, Treatment over the years and continues to be selenium sulfide 2.5% lotion, ketoconazole shampoos, uh, ketoconazole 200 milligrams uh, per day uh, or Q day uh, times one week or one larger dose of 400 milligrams uh, times one and then you get the person to do a little exercise and get the perspiration going. This patient here has multiple violaceous um, erythematous brownish papules and plaques in the periorbital area and also violaceous erythematous papules and plaques on the nose as well as you can see below the lower lip. And this is an unusual um, Clinical finding on this patient, which uh, I put here uh, for you to think about, but it looked like, uh, and it is hypopigmented, some violaceous uh, patches on the lower extremity. This is sarcoidosis. And so it's not all papules and plaques, but it can look like pittoriasis elba, uh, resolving forms of eczema, which we all need to think about. But it's a chronic granulomatous inflammation, brown, violaceous plaques, patches, uh, and you can have nodules, which present on the face, the trunk, and extremities. In uh, about 90% of individuals, you can have hilar pulmonary lymphadenopathy, uh, and as far as uh, painful erythematous nodules, not only on the legs, where well, we think erythema nodosum occurs predominantly on the legs, but it can also occur on the upper extremities. And an eye exam needs to be performed where you can have uveitis with sarcoidosis. Uh, a couple syndromes which we see or need to consider when seeing sarcoid patients are Sjogren syndrome where you have erythema nodosum, and arthritis, Hereford syndrome, where you can have this uh, fever of unknown etiology, parotid enlargement, uveitis, and facial nerve palsy. Uh, On laboratory examination, uh, you can see, in the majority of cases, an increase in serum angiotensin-converting enzyme, as well as hypergamma globulinemia, hypercalcemia, and different treatments include systemic steroid use, Plaquenil, antimalarials of different types, and methyltrexate. One thing I am noticing also among um, uh, a number of our colleagues, not just um, in our field, but primarily in uh, internal medicine as well as other fields, that it's amazing me that how many patients are on 400 milligrams of Plaquenil per day and you ask when was the last time they had an an eye exam, and the person will say, never, or they'll say maybe a year ago. And that's something very, very important we all know needs to be um, obtained. This next person here presented with rapid onset paritic papules, violaceous on the neck. There was no involvement of the face but it distributed also on the trunk. And this is probably a giveaway for most people, but you see multiple violaceous uh, hyperpigmented uh, papules on the trunk, but this larger violaceous patch on the back. This is pityriasis rosea. It's self-limited. It usually occurs for six weeks, up to three months in most individuals. It has been associated and has been found to be associated with human herpes virus type 7, as well as type 6. It's a cell-mediated immune mechanism, and once one gets it, there's a lifelong immunity of about 98%. And it's like saying, uh, you know, someone gets struck by lightning once. I have seen it a number of times where someone's been struck by lightning twice, so a person has had it a couple times in their life. Each and every one of us in here, if you have not had it, uh you may get it. Uh it's been found that uh healthcare providers uh who are exposed to individuals, uh piteria sterosia will get it. I got it, my whole staff got it, uh all the residents received it. In my my case it was extremely paritic, where a couple other individuals they had no problems whatsoever, so they were fine. Um, the paritis is really the troubled uh the troublesome uh clinical finding. Uh, It usually can follow after a viral upper respiratory tract infection, as well as having GI symptoms. That patch you saw earlier, which was raised, so I would call it a plaque, uh, was a hero patch, which is not seen in everyone, but at least uh, 7 to 80 percent of individuals present with it. Uh, You can have papules, lichenoid uh, lesions, which are predominantly seen in type 6 individuals. Uh, also on the trunk, the proximal extremities, and that the planes of cleavage parallel to the ribs, uh, what we call the Christmas tree pattern. In your differential, one needs to consider tinea corporis, seborrheic dermatitis, psoriasis, pleva, Giannotti-Crosti syndrome. I don't know how many people have seen this, uh, especially on uh, teenagers or younger kids, but when you see Giannotti-Crosti, Uh, which can look like this, you need to consider evaluating for hepatitis B. Uh, Medications such as Captopril, Arsenic, Gold, Isotretinoin, um, as well as other medications have been associated with PR. Um, Some people, uh, in many cases, uh, do not need any treatment, especially if uh, there's no pruritus or other symptoms. But if there's paritis, it's been found that ultraviolet B helps uh, as well as uh, weaning doses of cortical steroids uh, and antihistamines, uh, which I found hydroxyzine to work well. Some people uh, anecdotally have found that erythromycin seems to help. This is making a comeback. And we all remember different stories. Um, and the one thing I always recommend is when you see something, you uh, you know, file it in the back of your mind, and because you will see it again and uh, be ahead of the ball game uh, when you see this. But this gentleman presented with, um, he was an um, outdoor um, construction uh, person, and he um, said that he was developing these lesions on his hands which uh, he thought were calluses and uh, he was scrubbing them and they were not going away, but they were scaling uh, papules uh, and plaques on his palmar surface. Uh, This is what we used to see quite a bit uh, in uh, one part uh, of, um, the epidemiologists found that it was substantial in uh, one part of Detroit uh, where I grew up, uh, as well as now other uh, cities. Uh, And this is another person who had violaceous papules. Um, uh, This is a patient who was uh, John uh, Nodobartola uh, found um, and made an excellent diagnosis. And this person up closer had violaceous papules as well as uh, some plaques. And this is secondary syphilis. I remember, I don't know if anybody remembers uh, Dr. Clarence Livinggood, if you ever had the fortune of meeting Clarence. Clarence uh, practiced until he was 93 years old, and he was all of about 5'1", I think, and uh, he had the gruffest, most intimidating voice, and if there was something interesting uh, at Henry Ford uh, Hospital, um, he would uh, come barging through the crowd and he would say, you know, staff case in uh, room 17, and uh, one thing that they stressed was, uh, you know, to palpate, to touch, Um, which I still believe in while everybody was uh, basically palpating and touching this person who had all these uh, papules on the plantar surface uh, and the uh, palms and on the body he walked in and the first thing Clarence said was, you know, oh I haven't seen a great case of secondary syphilis in years and everybody started screaming and running away from the room. So it's something to remember because uh, in these papules and plaques you will see uh, on the examination uh, spirochetes. But basically you will see it two to the six months after the primary lesions appear to the ten weeks after the primary chancre. You'll have these macules and papules and annular and polycyclic or cyclic lesions especially on type six individuals on the face. Uh, It occurs, as you see on the trunk, the scalp, where you can have patchy alopecia. Uh, Also, look at the palms and soles, Uh, the anal genital region, which you need to think about condyloma latum, or lata, and the mouth angle split papules, which you need to look for. When individuals complain about lower extremity pains or discomforts, Uh, you think about long bone periostitis in the tibial area or ankle um, arthralgia. Basically, you have a dark field examination, serologic test for syphilis, STS, uh, is positive. Uh, The fluorescent treponemal antibody is positive in 99% of cases. Um, I don't know how many individuals like to look at their, their pathology slides, but when you certainly get an interesting case, I would recommend getting a, a copy for yourself to look at. And I'm, I'm a big, big believer of teaching um, each and every one of our colleagues. Uh, it's constant teaching and discussion in our offices um, and to share that knowledge. And you will see lymphocytic as well as plasma cells. Uh, in the dermal infiltrate, and again, spirochetes. In your differential, you need to consider drug eruptions, pityriasis rosea, viral exanthems, tinea corporis, as well as scabetic mites or scabies, which you should be looking between the uh, the fingers and toes, the wrist areas for uh, tracking marks. Uh, as far as uh, as well as LP or lichen planus, there's different types of treatment. Uh, But, obviously, uh, penicillin uh, as well as doxycycline are two of multiple treatments used. This is um, something that we see quite a bit of and you are hearing quite a bit of more so now. It is not just the skin rash, which I used to hear uh, described to me uh, 15, uh, 16 years ago. But this patient, type six individual with violaceous plaques and papules uh, on the trunk as well as the extremities as you see on the buttocks as well as the elbow area. And this is more of a type five individual. This was a a Latino young man who had more erythematous uh, plaques uh, on his uh, trunk. And this is psoriasis, which we see quite a bit of. Um, It's chronic proliferative epidermal condition. uh, Anywhere from 3 to 9 million individuals. It's been estimated as high as 11 individuals with over 2% of the population. A third of the individuals, there is a family history. When you ask the individual, did you have any other relative you can think of, it's interesting to hear them say, well, you know, my... uh, My older aunt uh, had this skin condition that was very difficult to treat, and they called it uh, eczema. Um, And histocompatibility antigen uh, associated, are CW6, B17, as well as uh, B27. Immunologic abnormalities, humoral and CMI, cellular-mediated immunities are involved. Uh, The one thing I want to just show quickly was interleukin-1, 8, and really the new hotbed of topic over the last couple years has been interleukin-12 as well as 23, um, which is really being targeted in a number of clinical trials. And that's a number, that's something else I'd like to stress uh, to my colleagues out here that um, everybody uh, should really try to get involved in uh, clinical trials. Uh, It is fascinating, it is uh, not as hard as what one thinks. Uh, if you have an idea, uh, there uh, you put the investigator-initiated trial proposal, and you'd be amazed at how many um, will be granted uh, and how many uh, uh, conditions you can help treat. Uh, basically, there are different types of psoriasis. I just want to run over very quickly. We all know about the plaque type, guttate. There's pustular types, or palmoplantar pustulosis generalized acute pustular psoriasis, or von von uh, Zumbusch Bush impetigo herpetiformis, uh, psoriasis cum acrodermatitis continua of Halepo. And one thing I like to stress to our colleagues, and I'm I'm noticing more and more requests uh, from our colleagues in internal medicine and family medicine, uh... to discuss on psoriasis because those are our colleagues who basically in the past have uh... looked at uh, psoriasis as this uh... eczema or dermatitis But one thing i am stressing and we all need to stress are the comorbidities that are highly associated with psoriasis there is a seven times increased chance of cardiovascular disease with a person who presents with psoriasis, diabetes, dyslipidemia, and very very painful in many cases, psoriatic arthritis, uh, which can occur depending on which study. uh, Anywhere from less than ten percent to over forty percent of individuals can obtain or have joint degeneration. And basically one thing to look at, which I don't think uh, a lot of us do, but can be associated, is gut tate uh, psoriasis. Uh, if you check for uh, an ASO, you can have an uh, anti-streptolysin titer. If there's a sudden onset, you really need to start thinking about checking for HIV. Um, my brother-in-law is head of a very large HIV clinic in LA, and he has seen quite a few individuals presenting with psoriasis. A number of his patients uh, have been, um, and and as he stresses, you don't die from this now. He has patients 20 plus years with the condition. The thing that upsets him very much, which would upset me, is that individuals who feel that I have been here 15, 20 years, I'm perfectly fine, he's now finding that the medications are not picked up. They're left alone. Uh, One big problem, and I don't mean to vector too much, but one big problem we're finding uh, in Las Vegas, and I would imagine in other Sunbelt cities with retirement communities, is uh, the fastest growing population uh, uh, in the HIV section is the geriatric population. And I didn't think about it much until I started talking to uh, at least a third of our patients are Medicare age in Las Vegas, and uh, to hear that uh, there can be a gentleman with um, uh, 20 girlfriends and uh, literally telling you this and not thinking about what is, what is happening. And uh, now you find yourself counseling um, outside of why they came in with, uh, with this uh, contact dermatitis that they presented with. Uh, and also you will see increased serum uric acid levels in a number of cases. Uh, Most of us probably utilize or should consider utilizing biologic therapy, and I just listed the ones that uh, are very commonly used. Uh, We have a psoriasis uh, center uh, basically in our practice where we see over 4,000 active uh, psoriasis patients. Um, We use Alefacep, Adalimumab, Etanercept, Infliximab, and uh, the newer one, ustekinumab, um, which uh, I th- all, I think, are wonderful. They don't, do not work for all. One little fact that most people do not know, but it's something for all of us to consider, um, and it's certainly been asked uh, uh, to me over the, uh, over the course of the last year around the country, why do some of the biologics stop or seem to stop working? There's a small study that's out, which I hope uh, there will be more studies to come, but if you do have a patient who's on a TNF inhibitor, uh, obviously um, uh, from uh to uh, adalimumab uh, to infliximab, and it's not, it doesn't seem to be working as well, or somebody's taken themselves off without you not- noticing it, and they start back and it's not working as well, Uh, it's found that uh, in all of these individuals that they have developed a positive ANA. Uh, If you continue to consider utilizing another, or switching to another TNF inhibitor, and it doesn't seem to be working as well, uh, it's been found that uh, over 30%, around 30% of individuals have a positive double-stranded nuclear antibody uh, increase. Um, and if you consider using a second or third TNF inhibitor and it's not working, it's been found that these individuals have almost an 80% uh, increase uh, tighter in double-stranded uh, DNA. And they're not neutralizing uh, antibodies, but it's, we're looking at it right now as markers. So that's something to consider if you're having trouble or, um, or your patients are having trouble Uh, with uh, right now the TNF inhibitors uh, that uh, they're restarting. But basically, uh, as we all know, there's a three to four day basal uh, layer to surface uh, um, uh, turnover, extensor extremities, usually on the trunk. Uh, In type six individuals, you'll see violaceous deep blue plaques and nail involvement, which not everybody has the pitting, but different things from onycholysis. Uh, to oil spotting, Um, associations, stress definitely has been associated, it's in the top three associations, Uh, alcohol, smoking, HIV, Uh, psoriasis uh, now is number two in the top uh, five um, skin associations, cutaneous associations with individuals with HIV. Also check for upper respiratory tract infections such as strep, uh, sunburns. I remember having a patient who, uh, whose uh, motor and her boat went out in Lake Mead and uh, she had to paddle back for two hours and basically uh, the sunburns set off an erythrodermic reaction uh, which she was immediately admitted to the hospital. And the one thing that works extremely well um, which I've had to battle with the ER staff sometimes is to start them on cyclosporin immediately. Uh, and all five patients I can think of in situations like that, all um, their, their condition was quickly um, uh, controlled with the use of cyclosporine. Uh, medications associated have been lithium, non-steroidals, beta blockers, as well as associated conditions such as lymphoma and leukemia. A Differential, you need to consider LP, rosia, rosea, uh, tinea versicolor, corpus and drug eruptions. Different treatments we use, uh, obviously outside of the uh, more uh, big gun uh, biologics, are corticosteroids, more topical and intralesional. The one thing that I do notice that uh, when talking uh, to um, internal medicine or family medicine, that everybody in the room raises their hands that they see psoriasis. And when you ask, how do you treat it? Just about everybody in the room says, I treat it with Kenalog IM injections. And one of the top things, one of the first things I say is, with all due respect, uh, you really need to be con- concerned or cautious about that because you can kill somebody. Um, and that's something that uh, there was a patient who was being treated. Uh, he, he did not die from Kenalog intramuscular injections. But this patient uh, received over a course of one year, monthly Kinolog 40 uh, milligram IM injections in alternating hips, 28 years old, had bilateral uh, aseptic necrosis uh, developed. And um, that was a a real tragedy. Um, Ultraviolet B, uh, as well as broad and narrow bands used, vitamin D analogs have been around uh, for a long time, as well as some of the newer ones to um, basically, uh, short contact I find uh, works well, um, uh, which a number of our colleagues uh, like to use. Um, coal tar anthralin can be messy. I would always get complaints about how uh, I wasn't uh, warning them about uh, uh, ruining their new sheets. Um, tar and UVB, the uh, older Geckerman, uh, which there are a number of centers that still do it around the country. Uh, PUVA is uh, certainly being used, but one thing you need to consider about PUVA are a number of things. Number one, uh, just from the economic standpoint, uh, having someone come in two or three times a week uh, with with, uh, co-pays and the time involved, but also in the sunnier areas, uh, and it's not so much the sunnier areas, but I would say that the majority of our patients who present with melanomas or skin, uh, or skin cancers have come from the Northeast. And uh, I learned some years ago, listening to some of my patients, about uh, going to visit uh, Tar Beach. And I remember telling a, a patient while they were grinning at me and then started laughing, well, where's Tar Beach? I know where Brighton Beach, I know where Coney Island is. They said, no, Johnny, tar beach is our roof. That's exactly where we went. We went to our roof, we poured baby oil on and iodine, and that's how we got our tans. And that's how many people present now uh, having that high exposure. Methyltrexate, the one thing is it is definitely used a lot. It is still used quite a bit. But in our field, if you're ever called uh, to testify in what we have, I think, a, a litigious society right now, The question will be, uh, were you practicing within the realm of dermatology? And by that, meaning did you ask for somebody to have a liver biopsy uh, if they were on a substantial amount of methotrexate over time? Because in different fields, as we all know, certain fields do not require uh, hepatic biopsies. But in dermatology, we do and we still do, cyclosporine uh, as well as biologics. This person presented with obviously a nodule, pedunculated, or plaque, posterior ear, and this is a person who had a burn scar, which uh, basically got out control, and it has that claw-like appearance, uh, and it is different than a hypertrophic scar. This is a keloid, which is basically excessive connective tissue response to injury, Uh, pre-sternal or tension areas occur, so we all need to be careful about excising uh, lesions with individuals with family histories uh, of keloids on the tension area, such as the chest, the sternal area, uh, the shoulders, uh, as well as posterior ears. Uh, Usually uh, type six individuals, uh, usually around the age of uh, 10 to 30, notice their first one. Fibrous tissue accumulates, increased cellularity and fibroblast, and there's metabolic activity increase as well as increased collagen. I'm just gonna point out that there's the increased type one and six collagen uh, as well as increased expression of tumor growth factor, beta found in the endothelial cells. There is a familial uh, um, uh, deliction dead, um, um, as well as hyperpigmented and indurated irregular nodules and claw-like uh, plaques. We probably all use intralesional, uh, corticosteroid injections, uh, different types of laser or light systems are used now. Cryosurgery has been found to work well, as well as uh, radiation oncology. This patient presented with atrophic hypopigmented plaques. Some were uh, hyperpigmented or violaceous. And this young lady presented with violaceous and hypopigmented atrophic uh, scarring or plaques uh, on her cheek and uh, perinasal area. And this person had hypopigmented scarring on the scalp when on presentation. And this is chronic discoid lupus, erythematosus. It's scaling violaceous plaques. You can have hypopigmented atrophic scars, females, uh, type six individuals are usually more, um, have more involvement than the males, sunlight worsens, uh, face and scalp are involved. Again, if you are interested in looking at your pathology, you will see epidermal atrophy, follicular plugging, basal cell layer liquefaction, degeneration, and you will have the thickened basement membrane. The lupus band test, where you'll see IgG, granular deposits, and also one to 5% of individuals, uh, depending on what studies you read, can develop into systemic lupus. Uh, in your differential, especially with violaceous plaques or papules, you need to consider uh, actinic keratoses as well as plaque psoriasis, polymorphous light eruption, uh, and the sunlight is not their friend, so stressing sunscreen, uh, local corticosteroids as well as antimalarials and again I stress having eye exams uh, as well as other exams and the retinoids have been found to work uh, for cutaneous um, discoid lupus. Uh, this gentleman presents, which we probably all see, a uh, type 6 skin individual with multiple peritic, violations and erythematous, pustules and papules and plaques on the nuchal scalp area this is acne keloidalis nuque where there is curved hair shafts and uh, the follicle, dermal penetration, and follicular inflammation. Um, treatment is primarily uh, oral antibiotics as well as topical benzoyl peroxides, which at this point there has not been uh, found any sort of bacterial resistance uh, as seen in uh, the clindamycins. Uh, oral retinoids have been found to help in many cases. Uh, as well as cortical steroids, topical and intralesional, uh, shaving avoidance, uh, mechanical extraction, and uh, radiotherapy has been used. This poor little boy uh, presented, uh, he was miserable from uh, number one, paritis, and his parents were obviously very upset because he was very miserable, so they were up all night. And he has the typical Morgan Denny's folds, allergic shiners, but the weeping erythematous patches on the face. Um, one thing that I strongly recommend uh, to all of our colleagues is the culture. Uh, you know, we, I think we've gotten away from a lot of things, such as checking uh, KOHs and culturing, but three southern universities last year in the pediatric uh, grand rounds I spoke at, it was University of uh, was South Carolina, University of Alabama, University of Mississippi, the, pediatri- uh, the pediatric departments, they all said to me that when they cultured their pediatric cases uh, with eczema, or they may have had a little what they con- considered an abscess, that 90% to 95% from all three areas said that they were MRSA positive. So it is pretty rampant among the pediatric populations, and I highly recommend that again if there is resistance in treating your adult patients with eczema or psoriasis we need to culture these uh, these plaques because you will see at least uh, in our practice at least a quarter of the patients are MRSA positive and basically this is an individual who basically was very uh, uh, irritated from pruritus there was uh, lichen simplex uh, chronicus uh, developing flexor area um, um, involvement, and these individuals had atopic dermatitis or eczema. Again, paritis, it can be acute, subacute, or chronic inflammation. 3% of infants are usually involved. 90% of children by the age of 5 are usually affected um, by certain habits. Maternal smoking during pregnancy and lactation can increase the risk. There's a 70% atopic family history and a strong environmental influence. Uh, Up to 80% continue intermittently throughout life. Immunologically, uh, there are abnormalities with increased serum IgE, decreased CMI uh, response. You can see uh, PMN and monocyte chemotaxis, uh, increased IgE, increased severity and duration at about 80%. Uh, House dust mites and pterosporum ovale have been associated. Basically, there is excessive T-cell stimulation Increase interleukin 4, hyperstimulated antigen-presenting cells, longerhand cells which are stimulated by IL-4, which increase the T cells. Uh, macrophages secrete IL-10, and there's increased T uh, helper uh, 2 cytokine response, uh, as well as increased phosphodiesterase. Cyclo- cyclic AMP uh, is decreased, and there is in, uh, in, uh, impaired cell function. Uh, basically, you can see it in multiple areas, but flexor areas in type 6 individuals, you need to consider when you see the brown or violaceous papules or plaques, especially like kinified, uh plaques that you'll see. Uh, treatment is to decrease the excessive bathing, turn down the temperature of the water, and moisturize. It's been shown in a number of studies, uh, basically, um, uh, that you need to uh, moisturize or have this patient moisturize quite frequently and decrease their stress levels. Different treatments have been tar compounds, short-term topical as well as systemic steroids, uh, calcineurin uh, inhibitors and phototherapy as well as cyclosporin for the severe cases. Uh, this is someone of type six skin who showed a darker line uh, along the nail. Uh, as you notice, it's not going into the nail fold. And this is someone, a patient of John's, uh, who had a dark uh, pigmented uh, line uh, here in her nail. And it's something uh, which we need to consider. Nail pigmentation, which is seen in over 50% of type 6 skin individuals, the linear hyperpigmented streaks. Uh, Melanonychia basically is caused by trauma, ultraviolet light, and is very common in aging, uh, primarily in the thumb and the index finger. Medications uh, such as antimalarials, uh bleomycin, which a number of us may use in recalcitrant verruca, uh, as well as AZT. Yeager's uh, disease uh, is something to consider, uh, as well as radiation. If there is nail fold involvement, Stress, 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 this person warrants a biopsy. Now, that's the end of my lecture, but this is the fun part, I think, of the lecture. I usually show unknowns. I am not known as a pimping attending, but I just like for people to, I know it's early, but if you think you know what it is, just yell it out. Does anybody know what this is? I heard the answer. Very good. This is systemic lupus. This is your typical, or doesn't have to occur in most cases, but the butterfly rash. But you notice the violaceous involvement of a type six individual. This person was A N A positive, had high titers, and uh, presented. Uh, and it was uh, basically referred uh, as, uh, "Will you rule out um, uh, cutaneous T-cell lymphoma?" And that's something that you'll see when you have people refer to you with violaceous papules and plaques, usually the worst conditions a person can think of. Does anybody know what this is? Very paritic. Very good, I heard, I think I just heard uh, lichen plants would be good in the differential. This is parigo nodularis. The one thing that I found fascinating that one of my colleagues told me, that one of our colleagues told me about seven or eight years ago, and it was in Colorado I remember, I don't know how they exactly did it, but they found that a person actually scratched these areas over 120,000 times to get this way. What I find when patients present, uh, which works very well, obviously there's only so much you can do as far as kinolog intralesionals or topical occlusive therapy, or UV therapy, but cyclosporin works very, very well for a number of these recalcitrant uh, um, cases, which are very, very pruritic. But over 120,000, you'll sit there and you'll ask the patient, well, do you scratch? And they're like, no. <laughs> Does anybody know what this is? They're erythematous, hyperpigmented, violaceous papules on the forehead. I put the picture in for a reason. Does everybody kind of notice? It's not bad photography, but the scalp. It would be good uh, in your differential to have folliculitis. This is what we call pomade acne. Does everybody see the gel in the scalp? So it's something to consider uh, that this is your typical acne patient that you would treat as acne, but it has a lot to do with what is put in the hair, the hairstyle. Does anybody know what this is? I can tell you that they had stiffness or weakness also in the shoulder area. Very good, dermatomyositis. These are heliotropes, the violaceous swelling, puffiness in the upper eyelids. Does anybody know what this is? Traction alopecia. This is permanent. The one thing I tell most parents uh, because of all the different hairstyles that uh, we see that if I uh, take a a braid, for example, and I move the braid and the whole head moves with it, it's too tight. And this uh, was basically slowly ripping out uh, the hairs from the follicles and this was uh, a permanent scarring alopecia. Does anybody know what this condition is? Very pruritic to this person. You will usually see it in another area, but I thought this was interesting. What did I hear? I'm sorry. Very good, lichen sclerosis. This happened to have occurred. It looks like the cigarette uh, thinning paper, uh, lichen sclerosis, but it happened on, uh, it appeared on the mammary areas and uh, inframammary areas, very pyritic, and the patient basically responded uh, not to uh, uh, steroidal treatment but to um, compounded testosterone. Anybody know what this is? You notice the lower eyelids are darkened? Hypopigmented. It's flat, so they're patches. I'm sorry, this one is raised at the borders, it's a little scaly, what did I hear? I I heard sarcoidosis, which would be good in your differential, especially since you saw that picture earlier of the the leg. This is seborrheic dermatitis with secondary uh, post-inflammatory hypopigmentation. Does anybody know what this is? I just put them side by side, or uh, John did. There you go. This is Pitoriasis elba, hypopigmented patches. There are no plaques here. He does have allergic shiners. So basically, just to show you again, the raised scaly plaques, uh, allergic shiners, uh, seborrheic dermatitis with secondary uh, post-inflammatory hypopigmentation, and this is Pitoriasis uh, elba. Does anybody know what this is? Violaceous plaques. I heard tinea, which would be good in the differential. Anything else? It would be good in the differential. Mycosis fungoides or cutaneous T-cell lymphoma. It's something we talked about a little earlier, which they're uh, estimated to be up to 9 million individuals. Psoriasis. This is psoriasis. Um, And again, you will not see in most cases the erythematous plaques. You will see the violaceous plaques, but everything I just heard was uh, perfectly correct to have in your differential. Everybody probably sees this. Does anybody know what this is? These are DPNs. Histologically, if you look under uh, the slides and see seborrheic keratosis, and you look under the slide and see DPNs, uh, histologically they look the same. Uh, Up to 90% type 6 individuals will uh, have this, and the only complaint that you will usually hear about is the uh, pruritus that can occur. And this is not a type 6 individual, but this is somebody that uh, basically was in denial, and uh, came in um, because they said they had a rash that was not healing. And they had it 30 years previously. And I put it up for a reason. Um, and it could go up any time of the year. But for the last month, it has been um, national breast cancer. This is inflammatory, a form of breast cancer here. And uh, this individual actually was diagnosed 30 years before, was treated, and uh, almost 30 years later, uh, developed multiple nodules, and, and uh, then disappeared. And the one thing I do stress, um, we are all having problems with uh, authorization insurance companies. But it is our duty to o- supersede, to override insurance knows. I had someone who came in the other day. Clinically, it looked like a melanoma. And when we went ahead just to call, just to make sure that we could biopsy, they actually said, they didn't consider it a life-and-death situation. And uh, I ripped another um, hole somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> does anybody know what this is? It's type 6 individual. They have a flask shaped lower extremity. It started as a peritic, um PG would be good to be in your differential. What I hear? Very good to be in your differential. Um, It started as an inflammatory uh, lesion. There was vascular insufficiency. Uh, They did have dermatoliposclerosis, but it became worse. Uh, An ulcer started, and what you see here, secondary to stasis uh, stasis dermatitis, Uh, stasis ulcer, which was not treated. This is squamous cell carcinoma. So when you see stasis dermatitis and you try your best to treat it, I also refer the patient to a vascular person for evaluation to get on top of this, but this just shows how it gets out out of control. Does anybody know what this is? This is just the younger person I mentioned about the braids before. This is traction alopecia you see in the shining areas. And this is John's patient. Uh, He gets some great patients, okay? I mean, we're talking leprosies. We're talking this. Obviously, this young man, very, very embarrassed, did not want to come out of the house. John did a wonderful, wonderful job in diagnosing this person. Does anybody know what this is? Hmm? Did I hear? Blasto would be nice to have in your differential any of the deep fungal infections. Let's say he was scratched by a cat. Let's say that the uh, HIV, uh, HIV less than 100, uh, less than CD4, less than 100 uh, HIV, now AIDS. Bacillary angiomatosis. And this is him after John's treatment of antibiotic treatment, um, anti-inflammatories and uh, Cipro. And on that note, that is it. Thank you for your attention.